Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks for joining us in this episode of Pharmacy Hot Topics, where we sit down with content matter experts and discuss what is currently top of mind in the world of pharmacy. My name is Eric Morayka, Senior Director, Center on Pharmacy Practice Advancement at ASHP. And today, we will be chatting with Erica Diamandidis, Specialty Pharmacy Manager, Pharmacy Services, University of Washington, or UW, Medicine, and Tyler Vest, Pharmacy Manager, Automation, Medication Distribution, and Control Substances, Duke University Hospital, and Assistant Professor of Clinical Education at the University of North Carolina, Eshelman School of Pharmacy. Today, we're going to talk about the utilization of the ASHP Practice Advancement Initiative, or PAI, 2030 Self-Assessment Tool, and how practitioners, organizations, and states can identify current state of alignment with the PAI 2030 recommendations and a process to prioritize actions for adoption and implementation to influence practice transformation. Erica and Tyler, thank you so much for joining us today. So I have a few questions I'd like to go through with you and would like to start with what exactly is the ASHP PAI 2030 self-assessment tool, which we'll just refer to as the self-assessment tool going forward, and why should practitioners or organizations complete it? Tyler, let's start with you. Thanks, Eric, for having me today. I'm really uh, thrilled to be here and uh, discuss the self-assessment tool you know, I think when I think about ASHP PAI 2030, I think about forward-thinking recommendations for health systems and our departments of pharmacy to pursue to advance practice for pharmacists, for technicians, and in the overall profession. Specifically, the self-assessment tool is a tool that can help get organizations gauge where they are on that journey of achieving those recommendations. And, you know, those recommendations can be things that are more profession focused. They can be things that are more at the organization focused, or they can be things that are maybe more down at the, down at the, the practitioner focus level. The tool really it gives the ability to go in and uh, take a short exam or a questionnaire rather of, you know, where, where's your organization and, and what are the things that you do well? What are the things that maybe are areas you can focus on? And are you taking it from, hey, I'm just thinking about as a practitioner or maybe more the, the organizational level? And then as you work through the tool, it's able to uh, give you a, a placeholder for where you are and, and, and maybe some areas that your organization can focus on. Thank you. Erica. Thank you, Eric. And I, I'd like to also say thank you so much for having me here today. I'm really excited for this conversation with you and Tyler. I think Tyler gave a really great overview of the self-assessment tool itself. One thing that I'd, I'd like to dive a little further into that's a really unique function of the tool is that two tracks that Tyler mentioned. And so it, it can be interesting to try and complete that self-assessment from the practitioner perspective. So from an individual who's looking at their own practice and the way in which they interact with providers and provide pharmacy services for patients, as well as then potentially taking a step back and, and using that tool from a more organizational standpoint with a broader scope and perspective. I think the other thing that's important to note is that it's really helpful to set aside the time for self-reflection in completing this self-assessment. It can take 
about 45 minutes, but with thoughtful reflection and, and providing feedback through those responses, um, you'll be able to get a really good sense of, of where you and your practice are at, especially compared to where ASHP thinks pharmacy practice should be in the future. Thanks, uh, Tyler and Erica. So taking what you have described thus far, describe how maybe an individual or an organization or even perhaps a state could identify the current state of practice and then a subsequent process to prioritize ways to act on the recommendations. You know, and here specifically looking at pursuing focused efforts to support the adoption of the recommendations of PAI 2030. And Erica, let's start with you. Thank you, Eric. This is something that I've been working closely with my team in the Health Systems Academy with the Washington State Pharmacy Association closely since the PAI 2030 was released as well as the tool in the past couple of months. One of the things that is really great about this tool is that it really does serve as a gap analysis. And we know that the practice within health systems in Washington state is going to look very different from practice all over the rest of the country. And so you're right, it's really important that we're prioritizing what do our pharmacists in Washington state need compared to those pharmacists in other areas. And so the the tool really helps us to be able to collate that information. So right now we're in the process of encouraging health systems and practitioners to complete that self-assessment so that we as a professional group within the state can target resources and educational materials, as well as our advocacy towards areas that our pharmacists are most seeking help with in their gap analysis. That sounds great. And Tyler, how about some efforts in, in North Carolina or even your respective organization? Yeah, thanks, Eric. You know, I think Erica did a, a great job uh, painting what it, what it might look like to address this from a state level. One of the things that I think about when I think more at the, the organization level is sometimes you don't know all the answers to these things. So sometimes, you know, you may understand the current state on some of these recommendations, but there are many recommendations. And I think one of the things that I've found useful is pulling others in. And, and sometimes, you know, you may not be able to take this assessment alone. You might have to take it with a group of people or you might have to reach out to a group of people, get some answers, and and then and then uh, complete the assessment and kind of take back and share. Hey, I, based off of gathering this knowledge, I created that or created this assessment, and then wanted to provide this back, and that can help uh, the department or institution navigate a plan forward. Or, you know, if you're taking it together as a group, you know, you're going through that as an experience and everyone's kind of seeing where maybe some of the gaps at their organization are and things that they might be able to do to improve those. Either way, at the end, the tool is going to help prioritize with an action plan of, you know, what the organization should focus on. And, and then the organization can also can kind of consider, you know, is this a low impact activity? Is this a high impact activity? Is this how, how feasible is this? How much effort is this going to take? And, and so I think that using the tool that way in, in your organization can help identify uh, the current state and where your organization might need to go. Thank you both. So building on the tool itself, what are some ways use of it can perhaps facilitate connecting with a community of your peers, whether it's at the organization or across the health system or across the state for that matter, to share experiences, ideas, and stories that will help build adoption along your practice advancement journey. And Tyler, since you just finished here, why don't we start with you this time? Yeah, of course. You know, much like uh, I, I just commented on ways to, you know, navigate your institution and Erica shared some perspective of ways that you can facilitate in your state. 
Um, one of the things that we've done in North Carolina is prior to the self-assessment tool being released last month, there was no self-assessment tool. And so we got together as a state in North Carolina through our state affiliate and uh, had a conversation and pre-survey about what are the priorities for North Carolina. And so while the self-assessment is one tool in encouraging others to complete the self-assessment, it's really, uh, at least in my personal belief, best for individuals or organizations to complete the self-assessment and then kind of come together with their opinions and share. So what we did was because we didn't have the self-assessment is we kind of built a similar survey tool through surveying platform and then uh, shared that information and discussed it and, and kind of through a consensus process developed you know, what might the priorities be for the state of North Carolina? Now, similarly, now that there's a self-assessment tool, it's much easier to direct people to this tool, fill out this tool, and then come together as a, as a group and discuss about, okay, these are across North Carolina or across the state, these are the issues that we see in our health systems. And, and maybe there's there's merit that we should all focus on these individual things. But, you know, I, I'd love to hear, you know, about other perspectives, uh, the Erica, that you might have. Thank you, Tyler. So, and I, I, and it's really interesting to hear what you're doing within your organization and in North Carolina. When I think of using this tool in order to facilitate connecting and conversation, one of the things that our state affiliate tried to do in our um, forum within our Northwest Pharmacy Convention with representatives from Washington, Montana, and Idaho was use the the prompts within the self-assessment tool itself as discussion questions in networking sessions. Um, so obviously we were virtual because this was only a couple months ago, but we were able to use prompts that we thought were most thought-provoking or potentially more controversial across these different states and have open discussions with different representatives. And what we learned was Really, first of all, that there's never enough time for these types of discussion questions. And second, that it really was a great way to really start to dive into some of the tangibles of, of how does pharmacy practice look a little different across state lines or between one organization and another, as well as then really start to formulate thoughts around with these broad goals that are being set for 2030, how do organizations start to move in that direction? How are there, there minor steps or short-term goals that can be set in order to get you there? And we, we had a lot of engagement and interaction and, and had a lot of fun with that conversation. So, so I thought it did a good job connecting people. Yeah, you know, building on that, Erica, and, and I think you both alluded to this already, but the has or how can the tool be used as kind of a force multiplier to help you find answers to the challenges that you might face in your current practice settings, you know, whether it's your team, your constituents, or your state colleagues. Are you finding it helpful in that way, or at least plan to have it as a tool to help you find those answers to some of the challenges or barriers? Yeah, Eric, thank you. And I do think that both Tyler and I have kind of alluded to some of the ways that this tool is helping to overcome challenges, but to dive into that a little bit more specifically, really one of the key things in investing the time in completing the assessment is that respondents do receive a personalized report with scores that are broken down into the different domains of pharmacy practice that the Practice Advancement Initiative is really targeting. And that in and of itself is helpful for organizations and even practitioners to get an assessment of where do they target their resources and where do they focus on moving their practice forward. Taking a step away from the practitioner and the organizational level from the state side, the really wonderful thing about this tool is that this information can be collected and collated based on location. And so 
as a affiliate in Washington state, we can then get summaries of what are the trends and the challenges that we see within the Washington state health systems. That way we can target our advocacy efforts as well as other resources and, and efforts that we're doing through the state affiliate itself. And so really, I think the the key thing that the tool is providing is, is a clear and succinct place to be able to see how organizations and practitioners are performing. And then being able to kind of digest that information and provide it back both to those users and to more broadly states and, and us nationally so that we can really focus on where pharmacists need our help. Tyler, anything to add to that? You know, I think Erica did a, a great job kind of talking about that planning process and, and, and what you could do with the report. But I think one of the things I would add is sometimes one of the hardest things is where do we start when we have these, these big challenges that are facing the profession or a state? And sometimes maybe it's just a, a really large challenge for your institution. And when you think about, okay, finding somewhere where to start, you take this large self-assessment and, and you, you, can't, you can't do everything. You can only do some of the things. And so that of uh, where, where do I start becomes a really, really important to addressing the challenges. And, you know, not only can the tool help direct, hey, what's important and what should I focus on? It can also help know that, okay, this is a challenge for my organization. This is a challenge for my state that I should work on. And um, I can network with others. How are others addressing this problem? Or, hey, I see that this is not a challenge for you if you're in a group of people. What can I do to improve that? So I think that those are some of the things that when I when I think of, of when you're looking at finding answers to challenges, sometimes it's just an issue of uh, where should we start? Yeah, you know, it's I've been out of um, practice for a few years now, but I will say, you know, Erica, you you had talked about it too, about using some of the questions uh, for breakouts and maybe not having enough time, but balancing that, those tactical needs of an organization or, or state, you know, what's keeping everyone up at night versus the operational pieces and then really the strategic. So, you know, I'd see the PAI 2030 as kind of a, a more of a strategic focus, maybe blending operational slash strategic more so than than the tactical, but you know what what have you guys found or or perhaps would plan or thinking about inspiring ways to have thought provoking conversations and to get expert perspective from really that that collective intellect, whether it's at your organization or across your state, to help formulate those focused plans to advance practice. And you know, Tyler, let's let's start with you. Yeah, thanks, Eric. You know, I, I, when you think about, you know, sometimes there is st- things that we have to do to, to just keep the organization running, right, in our day-to-day operations. But we, many of us, we want to think about what's next and what, is the, what does the future look like? And, and that's where we kind of, I think, a lot of times get into thought-provoking conversations and expert perspectives about, you know, where are we now and where do we want to go and what are, what are the things that, that we want to achieve? And what's great about PIA 2030 is almost all of the recommendations are forward thinking and they are, you know, things that that are uh, going to be challenging to get to achievement over the next 10 years as, as, a, as an organization, as a profession. And I, and I think that 
when you look at all those things there that they, they, they do that some of them do provide those that level of, of detail and conversations you know we have a lot of recommendations focused around data and analytics and a lot of recommendations focused around pharmacy technicians and you know just where we are in an organization is is around that conversation of how do we use data to improve our operations to improve things how do we you know what what are the things that we do to make sure that on a day-to-day basis, we're continuing to move things forward. And, you know, same with our pharmacy technicians of, you know, how do we do things as a profession to advance, you know, pharmacy technician, because so much of that is handled on the state level. And, and how, you know, do we get other states in alignment to get where we need to go? And then I think like the last place to round that out is, is you're talking about some of these more maybe specific areas around data or pharmacy technicians. Maybe there's other experts that, that, that you know in your network or that you can bring in to talk, or maybe there's a group of people that want to get together to, to work through a, a, an issue. And I think that that's how I've seen kind of more of these advanced and, and uh, expert conversations evolve. Yeah, and Eric, I know you have some planned events in the coming months. Is there anything you'd be willing to share about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think Tyler did a great job really explaining how we can really form and continue to support expert perspectives in how we can advance pharmacy practice. I was thinking first from an organizational standpoint that it fits really well into strategic planning processes to have the self-assessment either completed by a group or maybe completed by individuals and then summarized in that larger group setting to talk about where is the department going and how do you meet those goals. And I think the other thing that's really helpful to know is that once you've completed that self-assessment tool, there are also a number of post-assessment resources that are available to help jumpstart individual practitioners as well as organizations and setting up action and improvement plans. You had mentioned that we have some planning in Washington coming up. So we have our state professional meeting coming up this fall. And after having had you, Eric, fortunately at our meeting in the spring, we are and reviewing the practice advancement initiative. Our hope is that we can encourage more organizations within our state to complete the PAI self-assessment tool use that data as a way to prioritize where should we as a state organization be focusing. And then we're going to be going into our our fall meeting with hopefully some summaries around where are we as a state doing really well in pharmacy practice as compared to PAI 2030 and, and where do we have areas to focus? And again, bringing that into networking sessions where we can bring people together to talk about How do we share best practices? What ways can we do that so that we can get everyone up to that same level of progressive pharmacy practice, as well as come together to really guide our organization in where do we as a state need to really focus our advocacy efforts? Because maybe that's where we're seeing the challenges and being able to get to that next step. Yeah, great. And so if I were a new state or an organization that's asking, you know, where do I even start with this? Is, Is there, for what you both know now, and just building on what you've already conveyed, but is there a template or, or a method that you used or plan to use that you think might work well for others? Of course, every all change is local, but is there anything you'd like to share there beyond what you've already said? Erica, I'll start with you. Thank you. I'd, I'd like to recognize Jenny Arnold, who is our 
leader of the overarching Washington State Pharmacy Association. Um, many years ago, in a former version of the PAI, she came up with and worked with the health systems leadership group on a method that we're hoping to recreate this year with the, the new PAI being released. And so what we're working on right now, and I think this could work in a number of other states, is like I had mentioned, having a review of the PAI. And, and again, I'll say thank you, Eric, for coming to our meeting and and educating us all about what updates we've seen with the 2030 recommendations. That was kind of the first step. Uh, going into this summer, we're hoping to partner with our health system pharmacy administration and leadership residents across the organizations in the state to really encourage leaders to complete the, the self-assessment tool from the organizational standpoint. And after that, um, with a lot of encouragement and hopefully support from those really engaged residents, we're hoping to get information back about the organizations in Washington State to support that conversation in the fall. Once we've kind of completed all of these steps, our hope is to go into the winter and then next year, really focusing on how can we tie the activities and resources and focus of our of our affiliate to the needs of Washington State based on how the PAI and the self-assessment tool have helped us to be able to prioritize and set both short and long-term goals that we may want to target. Um, so that's kind of the approach that we've been using and we saw a little bit of success in previous years. Tyler, what are you guys doing in North Carolina? Yeah, I think that, you know, Erica, I really appreciate the, the perspectives from, you know, the, the other side of the states. But, you know, when I think about gap analysis planning, um, I think that the, the thing that we have to start with is we have to like break it down for people. I think that sometimes some of these things that when we're talking about strategic planning or other types of planning just become so complicated. And to me, you know, a gap analysis is where are we? Where are we trying to go and what is the delta in between where are we and where we're trying to go that we need to accomplish of how, how to get there? You know, I mentioned in North Carolina previous earlier in, in our uh, conversation that we had uh, got everyone together and, and reviewed some results of, the, of our own self-assessment tool that we put out. And one of the things that, that we started was having like, what are the priorities for the state of North Carolina? And after we had those priorities, it was like, wh which of these, even though they're priorities, are we doing things well in these categories? And if they're not, then what are the things that we might need to do better to, to get together or to move forward and, and continue to pursue those priorities? You know, I, I think that when you think about templates or methods, I've always tried to keep things simple. So, you know, it can either be, you know, a simple document that says this is where we are. This is our current state. This is where we're going, desired state. And then and then what is that, again, that delta of where we're trying to go and, and what we're trying to accomplish? You know, I think that if the more people that can have access to see these documents and in, in all of the shareable platforms that we have in today's world, I think is is helpful. And I think being able to, for everyone to see that um, not only allows them to, you know, collaborate and partake in that, but also um, to kind of be unified about what are the priorities and what are we trying to. And then obviously anything that is electronic, it becomes a lot more easy to move, to move around. Okay, this was a priority. This is not a priority anymore and allows to cast a different focus. Yeah, good. So, you know, you had talked about these prioritized efforts, right? So what do you use, the, the, both Erica and, and Tyler, to help with those prioritized predictions, right? So are, are, what type of environmental scan do you do to help maybe help the team inform those priorities? Do, do you have any examples to share of those? 
Yeah. So when I when I think about uh, the the priorities and and things that we need to make sure we're in alignment, I think there's there's a couple different ways to look at about priorities. I think it's you know kind of what's important for my institution and me, and, and obviously you know those are very very specific things most of the time. I mean, obviously other hospitals and health systems, those things become important to them as well. But I think that you know that is is kind of one section. Then it's kind of like what is important to my state. What are we advocating for? What is the current legislation affecting pharmacy practice? And how do we organize an effort around those types of abilities or, or, or uh, those type of events to, to be able to, to make progress on um, the things that we identify as a state? And then obviously, you know, there's the profession-wide uh things that, that encompass all of our 50 states and, and things that we want to make progress on and that are priorities. And, you know, those are things around pharmacy technicians, drug shortages, things uh, per the advancement of the pharmacist and the role of taking care of the patient. You know, these are the, the large things that we continually try to work to, to make improvements on. There, apart from having these self-assessments, KI that allow us to get together and have these targeted conversations, you know, there's there's many documents that are put together by ASHP and, and others. And I think one that uh, you know we've had some conversation around um, is the pharmacy forecast. And you know that is an annual document published every year that has different kind of snips in practice and gives you know, a, a bunch of leaders an opportunity to take a questionnaire and kind of engage, is this going to be somewhat likely or not likely or likely and, and help navigate directions. And I think when you start taking things like the self-assessment, the forecast, and you start looking at them in, in totality, I think that gives a good grasp of, okay, this is all the things that are important across the spectrum. You add in something like the forecast that this is you know, a group of, of pharmacy professionals. And, and I think that starts to help cascade like some of the priorities. And, you know, Eric, I know we had some conversation about the forecast. So I'd love to hear about um, how you and uh, you guys have used that in um, the state of Washington. Yeah, thank you, Tyler. And that was a really thorough answer. Um, the forecast, I think, is just such a crucial tool for both individuals, organizations, as well as states in terms of really getting a sense of what are, where are we going within pharmacy practice as well as healthcare? I think that's one of the key things that I've at least personally taken away from the pharmacy forecast with each edition is the sections of it that really take a step back and out of the pharmacy specific world into what is healthcare going to see in the coming years, or even what are we as, as a country going to be seeing in the coming years? I think that the forecast is great from a state affiliate perspective and also being able to look at advocacy efforts and making sure that we're focusing in areas where of healthcare where it may make sense to kind of combine our efforts and, and work with other organizations, whether that be other areas of practice like nursing and, and medicine, or even more on the legislative side with targeting things like pharmacy benefit managers and working with them or even our insurance within the state. So I think that the forecast is a really great tool. And the one other thing that I would just put a plug for in terms of being able to kind of make predictions of what's coming in healthcare is the value of really taking a step back and out of our pharmacy bubble and pharmacy world and, and looking at resources outside of maybe what pharmacy 
pharmacy has for us. Because as pharmacists, I feel like we're very good at owning our area. Um, and it's really easy to take your eye off of everything that's happening around us. And so um, I'd also recommend for organizations and states to be looking at what is happening more broadly within healthcare. What is What does the Harvard Business Review have in their healthcare news updates and, and those other kinds of resources just to, to really make sure that we're keeping up with other areas of healthcare as a whole. Well, this has been a great conversation, and I, I think we're going to end with one last question here. And, you know, you've, you've done the, the self-assessment tools in your respective states. Now, you've assessed your gaps and what those prioritized needs potentially are. But, you know, what, what then happens after that? You have your event. You do, what, how do you keep the foot on the gas? You know, what is, no, you haven't gotten there yet, but to keep it going so that the energy is high and that you see success through. Just throwing that out there. And if just Erica and start with you and then end with Tyler, just a brief, you know, what, what are your initial thoughts on that? Thanks. Yeah, Eric, I think that's that's so important because there's a lot of engagement and excitement about this tool where it is so new. The the main thing that we're trying to remember is that as much as we'd like everyone to complete it right now, that may or may not happen. So we need to continue to remind people that this tool is going to be valuable and helpful, even if it doesn't get completed today, right now. And so that's kind of our, our first focus is just making sure everyone has the same understanding of this being a tool and a resource that's available, and then working on kind of getting that information on the other end. In terms of really keeping our foot on the gas and, and keeping our alignment with the Practice Ad- Advancement Initiative for 2030, our hope is to incorporate into our state affiliate goal setting for next year the, any feedback that we get from Washington State organizations as well as really kind of working through our goals with the perspective and the context of the PAI 2030 so that we know that efforts that we're putting in place are going to be valuable for our organizations within Washington State and and meeting the needs of our members. And so for us, we're trying to kind of formalize our processes around really making sure that we're coming back to the PAI 2030 regularly and really incorporating that into our goal setting. How about you, Tyler? Yeah, I think when, you know, you're looking at what do you do next? Like, you know, I mentioned that sometimes it's it's figuring out, you know, the hardest thing is where do we start? But then, you know, it's it's certainly about, but then it comes about the journey and, and what, do, what do we do next? And, you know, I, to me, I think that the most important thing that we have next is, is you have the conversations, right? Rather, they're gaps that you've noticed at your organization and you need to talk to people or there are, you know, gaps in, in, in practice in the state and that requires, you know, a, a conversation with more than, than just people in your organization. That's really where, where you want to go. And, you know, I, I think that the, the most important thing to look at gap analysis is we're, we're talking about a spot in time, right? But as we go across practice, that's, you know, a, kind of a longitudinal, uh, consistent uh, concept. It's not just like, this is what today looks like and will look like for the rest of, you know, practice. It, you know, it continuously evolves and changes. And part of that evolving and changing conversation is that we're going back to these tools that are the self-assessment and we're retaking them and we're kind of seeing, okay, this is where we were a year ago, but now, and this is where we were six months ago, but this is where we are today. And, you know, as you continue to take these tool, tools like this, not only do you kind of 
are able to reflect on how far you've come, but you're also able to be nimble and maybe realize that the priorities have changed. Certainly, you know, we've experienced that over the past year and a half about changing priorities and directions and, and where we are today in practice. So I think that that's the most important thing to me of having those conversations, rather it be with your state, in organizations, at your, you know, your, the, your current place of employment, your health system, your institution, and in continuing to evolve of, okay, you know, we've identified this as a priority. What do we do next? Okay, we're going to make progress on this. We're going to focus on this. And then we're going to come back and retake the self-assessment and, and see how our, our change is made. But you know, I think that that is just the kind of the cycle that you'll that you'll want to go through. So, Eric, really uh, appreciate the the conversation today, and and really feel like we've been able to uh, cover a lot. Yeah, really. Thank you both, uh, Eric and Tyler, for joining us today to discuss the use of the PAI twenty thirty self assessment tool. Really, it's intended to help formulate a plan to advance practice through the adoption of the PAI twenty thirty recommendations. Now, if you haven't before, I encourage you to all check out the ASHP's online resources. You can find member-exclusive offerings such as Health System Specialty Pharmacy Resource Center, Preceptor Toolkit, Clinical Pharmacy Resources, Pharmacogenomics, and more. Thanks for tuning in for this session of Hot Topics in Pharmacy, and we hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Please be sure to subscribe to the ASHP podcast channel through your favorite podcast provider. I am Eric Morica, and thank you again for joining us today. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official. 